0: Stroop waffles clearly don't have the same effect on race days they do on qualifying and practice for Daniel Ricciardo. Alonso shows us that old guys still have it, and Max Verstappen wins the first Dutch Grand Prix in 36 years. G'day there. My name is James Baldwin, and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. And in this episode, we are reviewing the Dutch Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friends and yours, the two Thomases, Tommy T and Thomas J. Camp. Lads, welcome to the live stream. Good to have
1: you with me. G'day, mate. G'day, Campy. Gentlemen,
2: how are you all? Yeah, not too
1: bad. Yes. How are you doing, Campy? Yes, how's your arm, arm, Uh, Campy? It's falling
0: off. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do today, Campy? I didn't
2: do anything today.
0: Oh, didn't you? Okay,
2: fair enough. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> might have got a uh, little COVID shot in the arm. Oh, we'll say nothing I might have, well. but I also might have paid the doctor 500 just to fill out <laughs> the form for me and tick me off the list. So I'll let you guys be the judge. Ah, oh, good. Somerville Eremosa Medical Clinic. That's the one to uh, go to if you want to pay for it. Just throw them out there. <laughs> yeah.
0: I look forward to the legal case that they bring against us uh, for that. Uh, Of course, allegedly that happened, right, Tommy T? Yeah, allegedly. Nothing but allegedly. It didn't happen. (laughs) Jeez, that's the first bit of... (laughs) (laughs) We're off to a ripping (laughs) Hey, is this going (laughs) live, he says? Yes. So let me clearly (laughs) throw everyone under the bus. Uh, Well, look, if you're watching on the YouTube live stream, uh, great to have you you. company here. Thank you for being with us. And thank you to you wherever you are listening or watching for subscribing to our YouTube channel. As I said in the last episode, uh, which was our pre-drinks podcast, which you can listen to uh, or watch. We even did the video for that one. So make sure you go back. And do that. We are chasing a thousand subs by the end of the year. That makes a huge difference for us. As I said, it costs you nothing, but it makes a massive difference for the algorithm and all things serve the algorithm which clearly is now my full-time job with as many bloody podcasts as I do. Uh, I also (laughs) want to give a shout-out, of course, to the Discord server. We had a couple of people join yesterday as well. You would have seen an incredible community, isn't it, lads, if you were awake to watch it at least, uh, to see how many people have great opinions. And there's also really great banter and discussions too. You don't have to have the same opinion to be on the show. Clearly, Campy is wrong at everything, but we still let him (laughs) hang around. Uh, And I want to give three shout-outs to to three different people uh, for reviewing the podcast. Um, three five-star reviews are just fantastic. Uh, Sarah Kelly C. from Ireland. She says, Gaz podcast, uh, probably Gaz, not Gaz, like Gaz podcast, funny, entertaining, but detailed. Clearly not talking about Campy in that point. These guys are honestly so good, super fun to listen to, and really enjoyed the detail breakdown. Yes, we are the opposite of Sky F1. We talk about everyone, not just three British people. Uh, the Best says Jack12345 from Australia. Love this podcast. Here for the DR bias and classic Aussie humour. These guys will never fail to give me a good laugh, along with great insight to F1. Uh, And taking the piss out of F1, Vincenzo Spitereri from Australia says as well, compulsory listening slash viewing of the boys. If you love F1 and hate the Sky F1 BritFest, this is the place for for you. F1 from a distinctly Aussie point of view. Discussion about the fly pass, national anthems and all things, uh, everything to do with the F1 broadcast. Uh, Subscribe and enjoy. Guys, thank you because it genuinely takes you. And Tommy T knows this for writing a stupid review on my Extreme E podcast. It takes you time (laughs) to sit down and do that, and I genuinely appreciate it. The other boys genuinely appreciate it as well. Uh, Enough from me. Let's talk about the race, shall we? Tommy T, let's start with you. Uh, It was a very, very... Scary start potentially for Daniel Ricciardo. We didn't find this out afterwards uh, and you boy yeah. may not have watched this at this point, but uh, Ant Davidson on the uh Skypad picked it up that uh, Danny Rick, as he entered the pit box, couldn't get his car into gear. Uh, in fact, had his left hand out of the car trying to get the attention of one of the um, guys on the side wall and his mind would have been everywhere. And as Ant said, his, his brain would have been dead and that was his start of his race. Of course, we had the smoke issues too. What did you think, Tommy T,
1: of Daniel's start? Well, didn't know that until later on. But, yeah, I think he had an okay start. He seemed to, like, hold his position. He managed to get one position because someone dropped back. I think it was Giovinazzi. So everyone kind of moved up in front. But fine, I guess. Like, we were hoping for something, I guess. That was the only opportunity he was going to get to really make places. But, yeah, it was a bit unnerving to see the smoke and him kind of lose a little bit of power, it seemed, and just have to kind of... Coast around for a few laps until it resolved itself. But we've seen this before with the McLaren. He's had another race similar where they've managed to fix the smoking kind of oil slick problem on track, which is good, but also not good that it's happened more than once. Yeah. Um, yeah, not sure. Campy?
2: Oh, correct, Tommy. He didn't have a great start. Um, he did lose a position to at least George Russell, I believe. And maybe he was behind Jevanancy at one stage, but those guys went on the inside into Turn Three, and Danny Rick took the traditional racing line around the outside and got past both of them, which got him up one position from his starting uh, from his starting yeah. place. But yeah, a bit of a shame because he really needed for his strategy to work. He really needed to jump those two Alpines or at least get in front of one of them. Um, but yeah. Well, Since we found out about his gearbox issue on the start line, I think, uh, hey, he still got off the line. Not the greatest start; it would have his 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 heart rate would have spiked massively just sitting there <laughs> trying yeah. to sort it out. Um, it's good recovery start from him, I suppose. And uh, I think there's a few, I think there's a few gremlins with that car this week, particularly mm. after Q two into going into Q three. Car just seemed to change, and um I think they carried on that same setup into the race, and it just didn't feel right for him.
0: Talk to us about the strategy, Campy, because on McLaren's social media channels, there has been the biggest support I have seen to date of Daniel Ricardo. Of course, we know that Lando outperformed him in the race, didn't he, because of the strategy, not necessarily because of the pace. Uh, but DR outqualified Lando. What was actually going on? in your mind, in that space?
2: Um, I th- I think the one stop for the mid-pack cars, I'm talking about the Ferraris, the Alpines and the McLarens are the one we're sort of comparing everything to do. The one stop was always going to be the strategy. For the front runners, uh, being the Red Bull and the Mercedes, they could make the two-stop work because they were able to build the gap to those midfield teams back. Um, As to Danny Rick, I think his strategy was compromised from the start because he had to start on the soft. Yeah. And Lando behind him had the uh, optimum tie for the race standing on the mediums. So had to make some passes, but we could see there was enough pace in that McLaren to take the pit stop and then jump a few of his rivals in the front. Um, Yeah, I just think he carried a few gremlins. Whatever happened – but into the car between Q2 and Q3, I think he took that into the race. I mean, he still was a pretty solid race pace for at least the first stint. And the second, I mean, he just, he pitted way too early in comparison to Lando. Hence why he took one. He said afterwards, he said, I didn't have to let him pass, but I took one for the team to let Lando get up the road to chase uh, Alonso, hoping that he could hold off Perez for a few laps as well. And he did that for, you know, seven or eight laps before he got past, But I mean, that Red Bull was in a league of its own this yes. weekend with Max yeah. Verstappen. And we saw Perez come right through the grid as well and pass a hell of a yep. lot of people on track. So uh, he was always going to get past Danny Rick, but I think Danny Rick holding him up for that seven, eight laps, um, I mean, ultimately didn't work out to save Lando because he got past him too. But mm. uh, I just, yeah, I still think the car race pace-wise set not where he wants it. I think he's turned a page and he's getting better. But it's nowhere near where he wants it to be, and he's disappointed. Um, But he knows he's on the improve, so that's a good thing. As for Lando, I think good race. He just got lucky with strategy. It doesn't seem like Danny Rick can get anything right, and when he does get it right, he's compromised by a few different things. But 8-5 in qualifying now, I certainly think – I certainly think – he's turned a leaf there. Yeah. Um, I know there's a couple of races where Lando had some laps deleted in his pole lap, but 8.5, it's looking pretty respectable. If you can get it to eight seven, I mean, that's almost bare bones even. And then we're saying, oh, Jesus, Lando is good as we thought. I think Lando's <laughs> race pace is a bit better <laughs> at the moment. But Danny Rick's coming and he'll be, by the, by the three-quarter mark of this season, he will be, you know, right with Lando, I think, and it's that last quarter of the year that he'll just, do the Danny Rick things that we want him and thought he would do straight off the gun.
0: Yeah, certainly we obviously are very biased about Daniel and we make no apologies for that. At least we talk about the rest of the grid with our bias. Uh, but for, for us, I think, and for a lot of people all across the world, they want to see Daniel do well because even through this adversity, even through this hardship, he has kept his composure, he's kept his cool, he's kept his smile. Not once has he ever looked out of character, angry, sad, disappointed. He's looked a little, you know, oh, well, it could have been better, but he's managed to hold himself up. And honestly, I think that takes a lot as just a human being at the best of times, let alone having such a significant fan base and his own pressure. His parents' pressure, mm. his mates' pressure—you know—he's not just doing it for himself. He's doing it for so many uh, other Australians. For Italiano too, you know. He Italiano, although slightly heavier now because he's eaten about fifteen tons of street waffles, uh, still carries a lot of the same burden as as Danny Rick. Uh, anyway, it's it's good to see. I'm glad that that's that's happening and it's getting up and out for for him. As you say, Campy, but before the end of the year, potentially we might finish 2021 with it outperforming. Daniel Rick to Lando Norris qualifying statistic, which would be absolutely ace, wouldn't it? Tommy T, mm-hmm. Valtteri Bottas and the fastest lap saga. Also, as a side note, you, this looks like a mugshot of you if you're watching live on YouTube. It's like like, <laughs> <laughs> is it? In, he's got one dark side of his face. He's against a, uh, like a really... <laughs> Weird wall. He's got a black jumper on. It's not a good look. It is. It's a It's shot. No good. Like it. Um. So live mm-hmm. from live from the cells. Uh. Do tell me what are your yep. thoughts on Valtteri Bottas?
1: I wanted that fastest lap to stand. That would have been the biggest double middle finger to Mercedes on his way out, wouldn't it? Uh, I. It, it looked like he in his third the third sector that he pulled back and still managed to get the fast lap. He should have just floored it. I was yelling at my (laughs) TV and then again today at my phone. I was like, come on, baby, do it, mate. I was like, just tell him to get stuffed. When we heard the Valtteri, it's James, I was like, you're kidding me. Yeah. I I, I really would have loved to see that. And then you could hear in Lewis's voice how pissed off he was. They had to come back in, put on a new set of tyres and do the fastest lap.
0: Yeah, it wasn't any good. Campy, what did you think?
2: Uh look! I don't think Valtteri is that sort of guy. We'd love him to be, but he's just not. He's uh, he's a team man, and he's a professional man. Behind closed doors, he will be seething. Oh yeah, and he'll be fuming with himself. He'll be fuming at the team. Um, but you know, it's, we've been we've had this before. I mean, I remember I remember him leading in Sochi a few years ago when the Mercs were coming up against the Ferraris quite strongly, and they said, "Yeah, we're going to let Lewis pass," and he copped it on the chin. I don't think the team's really showed him any – I mean, he's been there for six years, so that, that, that negates my point. I would wish Mercedes sh- showed the guy a hell of a lot more loyalty – than what they have done because he's willing to cop it on the chin and do things for the team. But, yeah, I, I, there's a part of me that wishes he doesn't, but we're just not going to say that from uh, from Bodass. But in his mind, there may be some small opportunities and some conversations behind closed doors that he's still trying to hang on to that dream to drive for, for Mercedes next year. We know Lewis prefers him as a, uh, yeah. as a teammate next year. He said, mm-hmm. we've done amazing things for this team. I want you here next year. So... Look, Mercedes will probably go the other way. It's been announced, but it uh, eh, be Being the sceptic
1: sh- that I yes, am- do go on. Is Lewis just saying that because it's already been a done deal and he can get some good points in? Like, if the deal's done, there's no harm in him going, oh, I wish you could have stayed, mate. Oh you, oh, you were my choice.
2: <laughs> Knowing that it's oh, full ir- of ink is yeah. wet. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. But we spoke about this previously. Lewis is going to do anything he can to protect his legacy. The last yeah, thing he yeah. wants- is for a young little shit to come in <laughs> and pants him next year in the same machinery. In, not that I think it'll happen. but, but That's George's I think it's,
1: intention, hey? Yeah.
2: yeah, that's George's intention, and that's why he's going into that team, to make it his own. He doesn't want mm. to be there for two years and let Lewis drive on into the uh, – into the into the summer, and uh, then him be sitting there with the hands on the team, oh, we've got the B-grade driver and we have to get someone new in. He wants to take command of this team straight away and stick it to an eight-time world champion or seven-time world champion. Not that I think yeah. it will happen, but I think Lewis will be more interested in protecting his legacy and his reputation within the sport yeah. next year
1: than
2: yeah. uh, sure. he will be with...
0: The other good thing to uh, pick up on from the broadcast yesterday is probably the the best grid walk we've ever had where Nico Rosberg admitted that he used to have a little wee in the car ahead of a race start and he apologised to his Williams mechanics back in the day. He's like, yeah, I don't have time to go to the bathroom. I just sit and go for a little wee in the car. I was like, what am I
1: listening to? This is this he is gold useless. dust.
2: You reckon he uh, ate a bit of asparagus beforehand as well? <laughs> just-
1: Mate, that was the weird. Did he remember he was on TV? He, he was. It was, was. He was just. He was trying to get thumbs up from people and just like going to stand in front of someone. He's like, oh, this is my old, my old. Uh, Pit mechanic. I'm just going to go stand in front of him and stare at him till he yeah, gives me an eye. Yeah, except he wasn't. It's he's big, like it was. He's like, oh no, it's, it's not him. I'm mistaken. <laughs> Dude, he's he's off his chops. That guy was Germans, weird. mate. They're a bit
0: odd. <laughs> yeah, but what I also loved was after the race. So Jensen Button was also there, and I think you know we all like JB. I like Nico. Actually, yes. Nico's growing on me with his absolute ridiculousness. Um, But. Here's the little commentary they had at the end uh, with Lazenby where the cameraman just completely cut B out of the shot and just had Nico and Jensen talking about what it was like for Mercedes and Valtteri and the fastest lap and what he would have done. And Jensen saying one thing and Nico saying the other thing and you could kind of tell they're like having a little bit of like a moment of. Can you shut up, mate? I'm a world champion. No, I'm a world champion. Well, I've been a world oh, champion I'm more world recently. Champion. Well, I was a world champion in a, in a team that didn't start with Mercedes, so shut up. I yeah, was the OG Mercedes. Anyway, it was very funny. It was. I really, really yeah. loved that. So I'm here for that. Uh, just bring back Martin uh. so we can have something to shut up David Croft at some point. I cannot stand it. JB was good. Ghost. I like Crofty. I, JB was oh, good. Good. I like Crofty. Righto, get yourself hey, in the you bin. Don't. We're going to continue on, lads. Uh, I will pull you out, Campy, when... <laughs> I feel like it. it's ridiculous. Uh, let's talk about the grid, shall we, from the back to the front. We will start with Mazepin, who had a DNF, uh, and he was defending like an absolute lunatic against Schumacher, uh, who finished in 18th. No good, gentlemen. Uh, Campy, get out of the bin. What What can you tell us about, and if you saw, the, the defense from Mazepin to Schumacher?
2: They're racing cars at 300 kilometres an hour. I don't blame him for defending like a tit. <laughs> They've all done it.
1: <laughs> but to Have squeeze... We, I've never driven yeah, yeah, 300 kilometres an hour. To,
0: to squeeze no into the pit lane on the main straight is like, come on, mate, too much. Too much, surely. Well,
2: yeah. Good riddance. Look at Schumacher's dad and the prick <laughs> of a driver riddance. he was at the time. He's just copping it on the track. Off track, <laughs> you can argue about who's a dickhead and who's a nice guy, but on track... All all bets are off. I mean, good riddance to the kids. Suck it up. It's a bit of hard racing. Just get over it. If I don't jump at shadows at the moment, they're that scared to bloody offend or do something wrong. Bit of aggressive driving on track. Bring it back.
0: Who cares? Okay, good. Um, Well, Mazepin's still in the bin for me. Tommy T's in the bin for you too. Why? Hang on a second. Sorry. Why are you – this is like the other episode with Harry Potter and bloody Lord of the Rings. You're supporting David Croft and Nikita Mazepin. Are you bloody this right, mate? Bizarro, okay. Unbelievable. Oh, maybe oh, you are oh. having <laughs> some side effects
1: from your bloody AstraZeneca. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy T? <laughs> Ma- Mazepin is just a weird guy. Oh, I think he's he's holding a bit of a grudge from what happened maybe in qualifying. No arguments there. I don't it. think they get along. I don't think they get along, to be honest, those two drivers. I reckon they're just like playing happy families to the media, but I really think they are not liking Mm. each other. They're both from kind of semi-privileged. Well, everyone is privileged in F1, let's be honest, but they're from kind of privilege with money backing. (laughs) Here we go. But do you know what I mean? I think they're both kind of like, well, I'll, I'll get what I want. No, I'll get what I want. And I think they're kind of struggling to deal with each other in that part of their relationship and it's manifesting now at 300 kilometers an hour in very dangerous ways mm.
0: yeah it's no good no good at all uh yeah, but schumacher
2: and- shouldn't have let him get past on the first lap and it wouldn't have been an issue
0: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, there awful. you go uh all right well yeah disappointing for for schumacher because i mean clearly he's the liked one out of that relationship williams uh george russell well, second to 17th, my friend. Uh, <laughs> here is the reality of driving a Williams around this track. And uh, Nicola Latifi outperformed you in 16th. Tommy T, no points for Russell. That must
1: be making you happy. Yes. Um, I've kind of left that one. It's, it's oh, you've done departed now. the station. Goodness. Well, he's got his point. It's happened. It was good when he had no points. It was kind of funny. <laughs> it was going to be funny. like one of those longest records like when uh, Hulkenberg had never had a podium. It was going to be like one of those ones that commentators bring it every time. He's still never had a point. <laughs> he's 200 races in. <laughs> he's never had a point. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. I wanted the longest stat ever. Oh, but no, good. I think Latifi's been no. getting way better. Yep. I think he needs a bit more credit for, um, like, George is an incredible driver. Well, Gamby, Gamby doesn't necessarily know that yet he wants to wait and see. <laughs> but I think like Latifi's actually proven himself quite well in his qualifying pace, in his race pace. I mean, we don't get to see him really compete with anyone else on track other than the Haas cars and maybe some Alphas if they drop back. But he's been doing fine. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be kicking him out of that car nah. too quickly. Yeah. I would I would want to keep him in for the next year or two.
2: Well he came and see what he, he came out be. and said when or if George Russell leaves I can assume the leadership role in this team.
1: And I think he
2: can. I mean, you look at the gains that George Russell's made in his third year in this car. Um, he's driving exceptionally well. I still stand by my comments yesterday. He's driving to Williams. We don't really know anything about him at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Until, until we get him up against quality drivers week in, week out, at the top of the grid, you can't make genuine assessments on these guys. Although he has seemed to be out driving that Williams at times. In saying that. You look at the results that he had last year, Latifi's starting to get those results he had last year too. It seems like the third year in these organisations that guys are making these massive jumps, a bit like Lando, George has done the same. So maybe Latifi's time is next year and once he gets out of George's shadow, it'll be his time to shine, unless he comes up against the Bottas next year and gets shown up as incompetent. (laughs) Well, we don't really know. It's all speculation. But Latifi has been going under the radar a bit. And I think he's actually – I think he's I think he's pretty accomplished off track. I just his professionalism yeah. – I mean, we yeah. don't see a lot of him on the media, but I, when I do see him, I'm like, oh, I didn't know he sounded like that. I expected something different. But he's <laughs> – this year he's starting, he's starting to come out of shell and we're starting to see a bit more of him, a bit more outspoken. I oh, think he's got a bit more respect in the paddock. Yeah. Um, and he'll be around for another couple of years, I think, and I think it'd be
0: yeah. – uh,
2: he, he's another one. He could be a bit like a oh, – who's he? A good comparison Better than the to? other Canadian, that's for sure.
0: He's going to be Marcus Ericsson, I think, isn't he? He's going to be around for yeah. a long time. He's going to be in the same team for, for all of his F1 career, and I'll it'll be a benchmark.
2: A I think he could possibly be a race winner like a Giancarlo Fisichella or something in yeah, okay. you know, that Renault with Fernando Alonso. That's what he sort of reminds me of at the moment. So, yeah, anyway. look.
0: But I think is what, it's interesting, Campy, isn't it? Because if he was in a car, let's say like if, if they were sort of more around that Alpine level, and we'll talk about Alpine in a little bit, but in terms of though, the, the performance that, they have been getting more recently in the sort of mid to higher mid-pack. If he yep. was in a machinery to do the same, I think he's consistent enough to be able to deliver week in, week out. Yep, and, absolutely. And I certainly think that if next year's, you know, that Williams goes forward a little bit and they'll have Mercedes power units and all that sort of other stuff, which is fantastic for them, and he comes up alongside someone like Alex Albon, who has the experience of the Red Bull team to bring in in the development side now for Red Bull too because I imagine – I imagine also Alex has been driving the uh, 2022 Red Bull car in simulators as the reserve and test driver. He might Mm -hmm. be able to bring some of that as well to Williams, which will be very, very helpful. And so that'll just end up driving the team forward. So if they can be in a position to grab a sixth to fourth position, potentially a podium, as you say, then good for him and more power to him because, as I said last uh, episode in the pre-drinks, it'll be the nicest team on the grid (laughs) <laughs> and we are here for that. Alf Romeo, Tommy T, Kubica, he actually performed pretty well. 15th in the end. He was yes, only right behind Giovinazzi,
1: who uh really yeah. didn't have a good time. But that was good yeah. for Robert, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't I think he would be stoked with that result, having come in cold. And like you can be doing other formulas, you can be doing other categories of motorsport. Nothing's gonna compare you to the G-Force you're gonna hit in this. So for his body, which is unprepared for Formula One at the moment, to do that. And perform at that level, I think, is pretty incredible to be honest, and just good for a good guy like Robert to be back in the sport. And we assume he'll be there next week because it's doubtful Kimmy will be right for Monza, so he'll get to back it up again with another performance and like a proper kind of preparation. Do all the practices because he came in pretty late. It was what FP three that he got to have a run round. Yeah, so. He'll actually get to have a proper full practice, get to work with the team properly rather than rush it all overnight, essentially. So it'll be good. Yeah, Campy, what did you think?
2: Yeah, on paper it was a good weekend. I just didn't see a lot of it. Like I no. didn't see a lot of him on track. I missed the interviews afterwards. Um, the result looked pretty good, but it, I, I, I think it comes down to strategy. I mean, Giovinazzi started in the top 10 on the soft, and that would severely compromise his uh, his race strategy bit like Danny Ricks really. So um yeah. no wonder the sister car ended up so close behind him at the end of the race. But look, in saying that, great result, good on paper. It's good to see him still around in F1 and uh he's living his dream, right?
0: giovanazzi though, solid qualifying his best ever. We said in the pre-drinks podcast, this is he's now driving for his seat, isn't he, Tommy T. Uh yeah. but he just had really big problems through this race. Antwoord, as we predicted, was going to be difficult to overtake. But his start was fairly good, but then he had the Alpines around him. He had Daniel behind. He had the Ferraris around, and he just got squeezed. I think Uh, Carlos squeezed him a little bit too far, which made him dip a wheel on the gravel, and he kind of sort of lost his vibe then, and it was almost all over. But do you think he has the ability to bring it back in Monza and continue that sort of qualifying mindset
1: going forward. Yeah. Well, if it's the Alpha Revolt, I think it'll definitely suit that Monza track more than it would Zanvoort. Yeah. I think this race, cause it's so strategic, like a, a Monaco mm. tire choice at the start is so crucial. So starting at 11th is better than starting like even sixth or seventh at this kind of race, because you get to choose your strategy. Yeah if if you're starting on that soft you've you've already like removed half of your options for strategic kind of moves yep. if you don't get to start on your choice you are so compromised and we saw that with daniel as well uh and the the alpines like kind of the only ones to make it work with the ferraris on their on the softs cuz they were that bit further up but it, it is really such a deal breaker on tracks like this where you can't pass and do alternate things because it's all in when you pit so I'd, I'd like to see these kind of tracks maybe where they move away from that kind of – maybe this is the sprint race kind of track where you do something else, I guess, rather than the traditional qualifying where you're stuck with tie choice because the sprint race left you to pick what you wanted. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just think it's a, it's a really tough one for those kind of ninth, tenth kind of people because they're at such a disadvantage to the people behind. So, But back to your point about Giovinazzi, I think he'll be fine because he qualified well, it was kind of out of his hands, and I think the team know that he he did fine for what he was kind of gifted, and he'll he's still got a few more races to back it up. Hopefully, Monza's a bit more his way. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, look, we like Italian Jesus. It would only suit him to be you know significantly in the points for Monza, and of course, as you reminded me, I'd forgotten Sprint Racing's back. Yay! <laughs> uh,
2: we got a Sprint race from Monza. I've just I've just yep. remembered, uh, literally, as you on. said yep.
0: that. <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, Aston Martin. Now, this this was a terrible, terrible weekend for Aston Martin. Uh, we know Seb uh, was interrupted by the both Haas cars in his qualifying run. Nico Rosberg uh, said to uh, the team principal before we start, before the race started, uh, he said, Otmar, you guys just aren't that quick this weekend. And Otmar's like, oh, hang on, no, no. Well, we've got good race pace, as you would have seen yesterday. Well, you don't, mate, do you? Because it wasn't a good, good <laughs> no. weekend. Uh, Sebastian of Olds too came out in uh, in the bit in the middle of the track. There, Tommy T had a bit of a spin. A bit of Tokyo drift he? on the bank. He held it
1: though, didn't he? <laughs> he held it. He didn't spin. It was just a big old drift, and then he hung. And then Bottas had to evade, and then he just continued on his <laughs> way. I thought he was going to keep it going with a bit of like reverse reverse lock there, and just into Teriyaki going. Boys Tokyo <laughs> Drift song. Uh, yes, that's it. <laughs>
0: J
2: turn middle of, middle of the race, <laughs> they'd be quite cool to watch. Yeah. From it.
0: But Mr. Safnow, That's what do you think, Campy? Was he is he right to say that they had race pace in showing in the free practices, or were they just Aston Martin just wasn't anywhere this weekend?
2: Oh, look, he's the head of an organisation. He's got to stay positive and give the brand something to hang their hat on overnight. Uh, in reality. They were the worst performing team outside of Alfa Romeo, Williams, and Haas, uh, and it's not where we've seen them recently. I mean, Seb's had some stunning drives this year, particularly, you know, last five or six races. Um, but it's not where they are. They had a, they, I think they just – I don't put it down to them not having the pace to match it with the teams in front. I think mean, they got qualifying wrong. Uh, some things in practice, they missed some stuff. I mean, Seb's uh, electrical engines in the car, I mean – Time on track when we've only got three-hour practice sessions before qualifying is vital. And when, you know, something happens to your car and red flags, it's tough to bounce back from that. I just think they had a bad weekend. I I don't think that'll be the same result at Monza. I think you're always going to see one of them in the top ten most likely. More often than not, that'll be uh, Seb Vettel as opposed to Lance Stroll. But, um, yeah, I just think they had a bad weekend and uh, they'll – Lucky they got to get to go racing next week because their heads will be in the sand, they'll all be a bit frustrated with it. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tough track, too. Yeah, I mean, as a spectacle for the Dutch fans to get out there the way they supported it, and Max and his home race, and how he really pioneered getting that race, awesome to watch on TV. Atmosphere looked awesome, don't know about the type of music, but. I'll cop that on the chin. No, but the fans and the flares and all the stuff, that they got around this race and got around. Unfortunately, the track's a stinker. Looks good. (laughs) No, but to race on, it's shit ass. That's easy fixed. I mean, we've done it with Melbourne. That's traditionally not a great uh, track to race on. Just tinker with them. Make the straights that extra four or 500 metres longer so that there's some genuine opportunities to pass. I mean, they've got the crux of it all. It looks like a roller coaster. Everything's got a... uh, a, a camber on it, whether it be positive or negative in the corners, the banking on it, particularly in 3 and 13. Mm. Awesome to watch, mm. but as a racetrack, it's shit. So, <laughs> but they can fix it. I mean, it's easy to fix. It doesn't suit these modern era cars, too. They're so big.
1: Yep. They're yeah. They're getting
2: heavier every year. They're getting wider. Can't
1: follow. The speeds
2: yep. are astronomical. I mean, yep. it would have been a great track in Rieste year. I mean, even mid ninety, mid to early nineties, you know, it would have been, uh, would have been a stonking track where guys could genuinely drive at one hundred and fifteen percent the whole race, and still, you know, the track had the cars hadn't outgrown the track, but unfortunately, that's what we're looking at. But we all predicted yeah. it, and we knew it would happen. I, think, I would hope moving forward that the Netherlands or the Dutchies get a race every bloody year because they deserve it on oh, what we saw from the yes. fans and everything this weekend. Sure. But fix it. Get it right. Get the track in a place where it's better for racing. And
1: Yeah. Oh, well, Monza's got a lot to race. live up to, doesn't it? To be honest, because that they've set the standard in the Netherlands. I think that that's what that's what you want from the fans. Like it was insane to see Max on his final lap. He oh, came across the line. Ugh. And that, the flares, everyone who had a flare left was letting it go on that <laughs> final lap just a sea of orange with orange smoke ugh. and then fireworks as he crossed the line. That was awesome. It was loud as hell. Yeah. It's exactly what you want. And also I love how
0: the organisers were like, Make sure you leave your flares at home. <laughs> Wink. Cuz even on the the formation oh. lap, like it was already it had already been done. There was already yeah. so much orange smoke. It was insane.
1: Oh. Visibility was probably worse this week than last week. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yes, very, very oh, good. Oh,
2: Flair So that was GP next year. In yeah, April. And a green like. and
0: gold for a quick what trip to prison shortly Apparent- thereafter.
2: <laughs> Look, boys, off track quickly. The Herald Sun wrote an article. That's last a good week. name for a podcast,
0: uh, Campy. Sorry, just to cut in there off track. Would, would you like to. Uh- <laughs> Is Is there another Another, another good podcast
1: called Off Track? Just asking. I haven't
2: listened to it yet.
1: Of course he hasn't. (laughs) I've listened to it. He's actually a really good podcast. You should listen to Off Track with James. Michael Italiano, uh,
2: that guy. What a voice. (laughs) Michael
1: Laminar. Wrong, wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Michael. (laughs) <laughs>
2: Sorry, we interviewed both of them in like the same, knot. You did.
0: <laughs> we did, right.
2: Laminato, like, like guy's voice, what a great Here we host. go. He's got a You ruined voice. it. Such, He's, such you ruined great, that, Campy. Such a great host, too, oh, don't you stop think?
1: stop it. <laughs> Bloody no, hell. No, anyway.
2: Um, the Herald Sun released an article. That the Victorian government has put forward a proposal to Formula 1 to not hold the race in March, when its traditional start would be, they want to hold it at the end of April and that would be ideal for them. I can imagine the Formula One organization um, saying, <laughs> You know what, Melbourne? Fuck you. <laughs> we're not coming <laughs> to you. We're not coming to your country next year. Stop changing it. You've had plenty of time to get on top of it. We're not coming. We're going to go to Adelaide or Sydney because you guys have blown it. And no. why is the Victorian government trying to dictate to the F1 when they want a race? Ridiculous! It just shows that we are the traditional. We're the traditional start of the season here in Melbourne. We love it. We've been missing it. How we've only had one race here in the three and a half years we've been doing this podcast now. So, look, we're Mm -hmm. hanging to see it, but unfortunately, well, it's not looking like we'll get there at the moment.
0: Yeah. Again, it just shows that. The Victorian government has no understanding of what international motorsport is. They're like, well, clearly you guys want to come here. Like, there are so many Formula One tracks in the world, as we've seen, who have replaced yes. Portugal, Magello, for example, Turkey, Istanbul. I'm like, just so many. Anyway, just guys, get it together, please. For both and for Philip we Ireland, need too, and we MotoGP. need some
2: positive media in our state at the moment. Yes, it's a shit yeah. show on the world stage. Yep. At least put an F1 event on so hey, it's not as bad as everyone's saying.
0: But also to see <laughs> anyway. the Dutch Grand Prix and that many fans, oh. like it's depressing oh, being awesome. in lockdown and seeing that. It's like, oh, I bloody yeah. wish we could be there doing that. Anyway, before we get dragged yeah. into too much of it, let's continue on uh, because we can talk depressively about McLaren, um, Danny Rick in 11th and Lando Norris in 10th. Campy, to you first, we spoke a little bit at the start of the podcast, but overall strategy was not good for Daniel, was it?
2: No. As I said, we, he started on the soft, so he didn't get his strategy right. He really needed to qualify in that fifth or sixth position, and he needed to split those Ferraris, uh, unfortunately. Whatever, whatever happened to the car in Q3, yeah, uh, wind changing just didn't have quite have it. I think McLaren would be pretty frustrated. It's the first time they've been fourth in the constructors mm. this year. Um I think I think some of these points are gonna be hard to come by in the foreseeable races. I think with McLaren having to spend all their upgrade bonus points on uh before the year even started. Um I think we're going to see them drop off towards the end of the year, and they'll probably be the fourth, maybe the fifth-best yeah. car on the grid by <laughs> the end of the year. Bit of a shame for them, but they'll keep their chin up, and uh, big year for them next year. They'll be world champions with Danny Rick behind the wheel, and uh, that'll be good to watch. So, look, we're just sucking eggs at the moment. Yeah. Just wait for it. So we just got to stay positive and not get cynical about it. We know Zach Brown is a superstar. As the CEO of that organisation, where he's brought it from to where it is now, and where it's going to continue to go in the future, it is only going to get better and better. Or we just got to we just got to shut down this Lando guy. somehow. <laughs> I don't know how we do. It. I saw Danny Rick. Uh, Danny Rick stole his watch in an interview the other day. So <laughs> did he actually maybe that's steal what,
0: it, or did he just say nice watch? Tried, dude. <laughs> what a savage. I, yeah. I, I said to Campy on a previous episode, you can't say something like that. And we edited it out. And then bloody Ricardo goes and does exactly the same thing. i like, oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. I guess you can do that. <laughs> I guess Stand okay. corrected. So maybe that's,
2: maybe you should do that every time before qualifying. Maybe that'll put Land off a bit. But, uh, no, all the things are only up for McLaren. It's just a, Bit of a doozy weekend.
0: Tommy T, I know you fell asleep for pretty much all of it, um, not to throw you under (laughs) the bus, but at one point uh, Daniel was on the hards and his gap to um, Fernando Alonso was growing. It went from about 10 or 11 seconds to 16 seconds and we saw Lando Norris come out of the pits just at that time, and we were very worried, of course, that he would get past very quickly. And then Daniel started closing the gap to Alonso again. Do you think there were some team orders in there in terms of trying to back up, provide a little bit more um, of a space? Because at that point in the race, McLaren had sort of resigned themselves to the fact that Daniel wasn't going to be the fastest car
1: and they had to invest that strategy in Lando? Yeah. At that point, Daniel had already pitted and his tyres were already getting older and older. He had no chance of progressing, whereas Lando, the other car, did. So, there's a hundred percent team orders there. They said if you can back it up, we can make a gap for Lando. And you saw pretty quickly that Lando came out just behind Daniel, and they switched that around real quick. Um, I think Daniel just was resigned to so that was his that was his job for the day, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and I think, like we've talked about before, he could go down the route of like stuff everyone. I'm here to win every yeah. single race all the time, or he could play a bit of the long play this year and know that, hey, I'm still not comfortable. I've got to work with these guys going into the future. Maybe it's worth building some credibility, doing the right team things now so that when it comes around next year, when I'm in the right car that's built around me with an opportunity, it'll come back twofold. And I think, I think he's just kind of – he's just playing, playing the team game right now. He's doing everything he can to get alongside all the McLaren guys um, so that they're on his side come next year when things flip. Yep. I think that's a very, very
0: good analysis, mate. Very well put. Uh and <laughs> and I bloody watched it today. So you can <laughs> but I, I woke at up At the end of the day, watched it at the end of the day, points for the team are important and he knows that, yep. right? So it, as hard as it is to watch and as gut-wrenching as it is to watch, we know he's doing it for 2022 and beyond. You know, they they're gonna make sure that they try and tie up that third position and campy, you're right yep. in terms of what's to come. Uh, it's going to be harder as Ferrari continue to grow because they've kind of yeah. been uh, very quiet recently, haven't they, um, yeah. in terms of, of what's going on. Let's talk about Alpine before we talk about Ferrari. Fernando Alonso in sixth, old men doing things, that should that headline should read, and Ocon in ninth. This team getting it a little bit more together. Campy, traditionally, would you have said that this track would have suited a Renault? Of yesteryear because I wouldn't have thought necessarily it would have been that good, but these two were putting in a really good effort.
2: Well, I look at Monaco ooh, uh, last year. Danny Rick put it in fourth, I believe. Um, so there is some genuine pace in this uh, in this round or oh, this Alpine, sorry. Renault. Renault. Um, <laughs> Renault. <There is> Carlos. <laughs> um, no, there's some genuine pace in it. Last year, we saw them for five or six races on the trot. Looked like they had the measure of all the midfield teams. But then... I mean, characteristics of the car. I I, know I actually predicted them really quick, and I don't think we should be scoffing at what Fernando Alonso is doing in this car this year. Uh, I think if Danny Rick was still in it, it'd be a far better car. Um, It'd be, you know, Danny Rick would have been beaten Gasly this weekend in that Renault. Um, Mm. So, look, look, I I think Renault are probably the fifth best team on the grid. But, I mean, it's close between Grit them and AlphaTauri the uh, <laughs> at times, so. Uh, I haven't heard
1: I that for such a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Campy uh, debuted a new one today. He said, oh, no, I know, I want to keep it going. I really liked it. He said Lewis was going to drive off into the, the sun, the summer, instead of <laughs> the sunset. sunset. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's going to drive oh, off into the summer oh, and I'm here for it. I think that should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> Drive off into the Could you summer. imagine the campy collection? <laughs> Tommy T, can I
0: can I please request Make you happy. do a campy collection yes. of merchandise? Yes. Grid on I the car. So. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. One does not simply <laughs> uh,
2: slurp sorry,
1: oxygen.
2: Campy. What do you do? I can't buddy. I'm not professional, I'm not perfect, but that's what people enjoy. We don't like polish, it. you know. Anyway, <laughs> I'll get better. I'm getting better. I'm trying to anyway. Yeah. You're
0: <laughs> hey, great, mate. Well, You're I can it.
2: actually string a sentence together and speak for, you know, 45 seconds of that.
0: Dying. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> anyway.
2: You're doing very anyway, well. Do continue. I'm a bit like I'm a bit like Sorry, I'm mate. on the up and the up. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hopefully one day I'll get paid $600 an episode. That'll be nice. I <laughs> oh <God. laughs>
1: one day. I'm
2: not acclaimed yet, but I will be. Anyway, <laughs> off. where were we, Jim?
0: Oh, who bloody knows? Let's talk <laughs> about uh, Ferrari. Alpine doing well, I think, is the summary. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good to see. And again, next year we'll see what happens with a design philosophy like the Beluga Whale or the Peugeot esque kind of <laughs> intake on top of the car. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong for them? Ferrari, Carlos signs in seventh and Charlotte Claire in mm. fifth. Carlos was very unhappy. Very, 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 very unhappy, Tommy Something T. Wrong. He was like, his pace was awesome. I wasn't had it? no feeling in the car. Well, it probably didn't help that you yeah. binned it, but also had no feeling in the car all weekend. You know, pace wasn't there. Good, good, solid points finish for him, and lucky yep. that it is, of course, Sandfort where it was more difficult to overtake. But yep. Charlotte Clerc outshone definitely this time. time. Carlos yep. Signs
1: probably because his chassis wasn't broken. Will probably come <laughs> out weeks from now, and he'll, he'll have a crack in the chassis from that crash that didn't look like much, and they managed to get fixed. But who knows? Um, yeah, Charlotte Clerc was awesome this week. I think he just did exactly what he was supposed to do. Highlighted that Carlos didn't have the pace though, um, and like we've been talking about, Campy they've been pretty even this season. And you probably thought Signs would be a bit ahead, but it's it's probably Leclerc I think on balance that's winning that battle this year.
2: Yeah, look, I would compare Signs and Ricardo this year and the mm. seasons that they're having. I think Signs is probably having a slightly better season overall. But they get to these races and they just have these deficits in pace that they just cannot understand to a, compared to their teammates. And signs so this weekend, his frustration will be is that he was 35 seconds behind his teammate. They started yeah. at the same price on the grid and as the race progressed, Leclerc, I mean, over the 72 laps, we'll say it's about 4.2, uh, 4.2 tenths, you know, a lot quicker over laced distance. And signs would be scratching his head going, where does this come from? Yes, he had a crash and they need to sort out the car. But, I mean, sometimes it just happens you get in these cars and it's like, what am I driving? Where, where did this car come from on this track and these conditions? And I think that's what the frustration would be. With the benefit of Leclerc being in that team for uh, three years now, And moving in and knowing the environment, he doesn't have those sorts of weekends in the car where he may have had them previously. He knows enough about the systems and the way it operates and how he should feel it in his ass and the sensations that he gets when he drives. He, um, you know, he won't have those weekends like signs. But signs will be frustrated, but, I mean, it's his first year in the car. Next year's a different year, whole new regs, whole new thing. And that's what these guys have got their eyes on. They're not super concerned about. Mm. the here and now in this season and what it could potentially be for them.
0: Yeah. I, it's It's been very bizarre, though, as I said a little bit ago. We haven't seen Where's Wally at all. Like there has just been no yeah. interviews of him by Sky and that's because there's no British drivers there, of course. That's the first thing. But <laughs> it's very bizarre because normally, like, we'll get something, any there's kind of, like, soundbite, and it just hasn't happened. And I wonder if that's on purpose because of the absolute mess that was last year, the yeah, disaster well, with Seb and him saying stuff that he probably shouldn't have said. But its I've just yeah. found it very bizarre.
1: Uh, but, yeah, but uh, it's almost like a, a quiet Ferrari is a good Ferrari at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Like when they're not talking mess, they're actually doing better on track. They're just staying out of trouble and keeping their nose clean and they're now third in the construction. So to be honest, I think that's a better formula than when they're Loud and yelling about mm-hmm. being useless. I think continue. <laughs> Don't change it.
2: Who was the old team principal? What was I? I'm looking at his face, grey
1: moustache and
2: uh, smoke darts like a chimney. What's his name? Ah, uh, can't. But that was very makes, much no, his No, this team. makes
0: a good podcasting. Please just continue trying Sorry. to remember. <laughs> 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 We're
1: playing guess who like virtually. Oh,
0: <laughs> Is, does your team principal Gr- have with gray a moustache?
1: Does he have Riva a moustache?
2: No. Click, the Benny, that's the one. Yep. He, um, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Thank you to whoever was listening. There's no way like James remembered that. Me. <laughs> <shit>. um, <laughs> that was the live chat going off. You spud. No, Riva Benny took the same approach in his final year at uh, Ferrari as well because he was just so sick of the media and the way that was portrayed and what he was trying to get done. He had a real time with it. I think, where's Wally? His name's, you know, it's, pretty right for this year. We just haven't seen him, but I think it's a good thing for the organisation.
1: I think we'll see him next week, let's be honest. Will we? Well,
2: I mean, (laughs) mean, we used to get interviews with him every 10 minutes last year, and he had to Mm. justify why the team was so shit. Yeah. This year he's like, well, we're just getting all our off-track stuff sorted and right before we start being Ferrari again.
0: Yep, and they're they're getting there. As you say, Tommy T, a quiet Ferrari is a good Ferrari. And, you know, they're, they're going to be focusing on next year's car. They've got obviously the Haas team to think about. And they've also got, he's also got the Ferrari junior drives to think about, too. Of course, Giovinazzi being mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, and yeah. potentially Schwarzman, I lot the rest, as we've discussed in the pre race podcast, too. Our, I'll tell you what, who I really want to see get up next weekend again is Alfa Tauri at their home race. Uh, I said this yes. on Twitter. You might as well just paint Pierre Gasly's AlphaTauri Tauri in Red Bull colours and call it the second car because he is having a better and more consistent time as a Red Bull driver than Sergio Perez is. He finished in fourth. Sonoda not finishing, unfortunately, at all. Uh, Campy, where is Pierre Gasly? Is he in the bin or is he very far permanently adjacent, out of the bin?
2: Well, you know where he is on more scale. <laughs> he's still in the bin and he's never coming out. What? I say this every time. I'm consistent. I don't rate him. But he's driving outstandingly. If he continues to get these results, he deserves the right to get out of the Red Bull umbrella and go somewhere else. But they've (laughs) got to find a team that will take him because he's not going to the top team. I don't know how many times I've said. He doesn't need
1: a top team apparently.
2: He's driving extremely well at the moment. Is he going to get wins? No. Is he going to get world championships? No. He's fighting and he's driving for two or three podiums a year. When he gets it right and some luck happens up the front end, as long as he keeps putting himself in those positions, unfortunately, that's all he's driving for. As I said I before, Pastor Maldonado is going to have a better racing record than this guy <laughs> when he leaves F1, which is a shame.
1: you meet the two-time Monza-winning Grand Prix guy <laughs> one day and he punches you in the yep. mouth. Well, I'm a- <laughs> Prove me Imagine Campy one. rolling around on the, on the gridwalk as well. Oh, my mouth. if he wins it next week, you're going to look like such a tit. <laughs> well, I look like watching. a tit every time I get on camera anyway, so who cares? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, this is good. No, but.
2: Look, he's driving extremely well and he's outperforming his teammate. So notice a oh. dud. Get rid of him. And it makes him look good. He's recovering from that stint that he had in the top Red Bull team. But if he wants to further his career, the first thing he's got to do is get out of his Red Bull contract yep. and go to, an, go to a Mercedes or even a Ferrari. Yep. There is two options. Then once he gets in one of those junior teams, perform like hell and get a test in one of the top teams, get in that test and knock everybody out of the park and go, maybe he is a good fit in the top team. Mm. And then so he needs to go backwards or sideways into into a Ferrari or Mercedes organisation to then move up because he's tainted in red bull it's not going to happen. I'd hate to see him still in Alpha Terry in the next five or six years. Yeah. it would be a waste of his talent and the waste of the way he's driving his results at the moment. But it's a shame. That's where he lately. is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he's 25 <laughs> campy too. So, you know, he's he's, he's in, the, in the range now where he should be finding his feet. And if he yeah, doesn't. Another,
2: another five years and he's 30 years old and we're going, Jeez, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. What's he going to yeah, do? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Is the top team going to take a that's chance That's what I'm on saying. Him?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. He needs to prove needs now to- what Danny Rick was proving at 25 too. You know, that's the, yeah. that Red Bull, the pushing, pushing it forward years. And, look, it's probably likely he's going to Alpine eventually, isn't it?
2: I don't think guys get shots in top teams more than one. Who's had a shot other than Kimi's had a shot in, a, you know, won a world championship, then came back and got into a top team. Yeah. That is the exception to the rule. These guys do not. There's not enough spots on the grid to give guys two chances in world championship winning organizations. And it's just he had his shot. It was too early. He should never have gone up. But when he got there, he was coming up against Max Verstappen and he shit the bed terribly.
0: And we know Yuki Sonoda, Tommy T, is signed again for next year. That's all but confirmed. So, obviously, mm. the conversations around Albon and going to Williams and everything else. Yeah. But we haven't really seen the progress that we've seen other Alpha Tauri slash Toro Rosso, well, other other Toro yep. Rosso juniors, I should say, because Alpha Tauri hasn't brought anyone <laughs> in, uh, yep. like uh, Albon, for example, and Gasly, yep. in this, in yep. after the summer break or the summer shutdown period, they've been able to drive the car fairly consistency, consistently rather, and yep. get it towards you know the mid of the grid, if you will. But Yuki just hasn't yeah. got it together, has he?
1: Not at all. I'm actually disappointed compared to what we saw. Like maybe the first three races, we thought, oh yeah, this could be good. Give him, give him a sector, kind of build some consistency. That's the opposite of what we've got. Mm. He's very inconsistent. He'll have a moment where he's like in the top two or three in a practice session and he'll just fall off a cliff and you'll be completely useless again. He's struggling with whatever's going on with that car, but from all accord, that is one of the Disney easier cars, cars to, yes. <laughs> to jump in and have a crack at. Like It's kind of one of those cars that is very forgiving and kind of flatters drivers almost more than, say, the Red Bull, which makes people look stupid. So I, I, I don't know. I think. Do they have to still sweeten the deal with having a Japanese driver nope. with Honda or is that kind of done and dusted now? Do they have to just... There'll be there'll be some arrangement. Of course,
0: we knew there was some arrangement this year for the Honda provision. Uh, there'll be some yeah. something to do with next year, but it honestly wouldn't surprise me, and Campy, you've said this, in terms of Honda's investment in motorsport, that it's not going anywhere, and you use MotoGP as an example of that. Do you think at this point now, and especially if Red Bull win with Honda power units... Uh, the world championship this year that Honda go, geez, we've made a big mistake pulling out, and try and do a backflip like they've done in the past?
2: Well, I think that's what will ultimately happen. Um, I think Red Bull take it over, but then before that happens, Honda's going to come back and they're going to say, oh, let's try and rejig this we want to work with you because globally it's doing plenty for them. Mm. But what we know about Honda as an organization, they get spooked at their own shadow when the global economy something happens like COVID. I know in 2008, GFC, no one knew what was going to happen. Honda pulled their support mm-hmm. from absolutely everything. And they've consistently done that when global events have been sketchy or there's no solidarity in what's going to happen in the economy in the next three to five years. COVID was definitely that scare that put them and said, oh, we don't know what's going to happen, we're going to pull out. And that's why their board made the decision they made. On the ass end of that, we're eighteen months into it. We're looking. I mean, particularly Norm hemisphere is looking at it, going, "Oh well, that was a bit of a scaremongering. That was all bullshit." We're up. this is the next two years, and it's all on the up and up and up. So it wouldn't surprise me if Honda then goes back to Red Bull and says, "I know we've done the deal, but let's make let's. How do we work? We still want to be involved. We want to throw everything behind it again." They're going to be sitting there with their hands there, going. Why do you continue to do to the do this in this sport? So it's a real shame. If they had a stuck round after two thousand eight, they would have won a world championship in two thousand nine. Yeah. You know, yeah, real shame for them.
1: They're gonna, they're going to do it again. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah, but
0: yeah, <laughs> potentially history of I mean, But it. the
2: Japanese and the way they do business, they are the most conservative business operators in the world, and. You know, at, to a point where I think it fails them on a global scale. Don't- to be
1: honest, if if I'm Red Bull, I think I'm in the driver's seat with this, yeah. uh, pun intended, yep. is that they can, if Honda wants to jump back in, they go, yeah, but on our terms. It's still going to be called whatever we want. You can put a Honda sticker on stuff, but we're in control. We're setting all the kind of groundwork and you work for us basically. Yep. Um, they're the conditions if you want to come back in and, like steal some of our success so i think it's actually kind of worked out well for red Bull in that respect because them going it alone is probably a scarier thought than we all really give it credit for like they're not an engine engine manufacturer like you're going against the might of Mercedes and Renault who are huge corporations yeah. uh in comparison like that's you don't want to be doing that like on a whim with a couple of hundred mm. people that you've nicked from Merck is somewhere in the middle of the uk i think you're like if they can get Honda to come back and help, that's gonna be kind of awesome. Yeah. So I think I think they will they'll do that, but they'll do it on their terms and they'll do it for the long term rather than Honda flip flopping and jumping in and out every second year. They'll well, be like, the, No, it's a Red Bull engine and you can put a sticker on it. But they've got all the influence to do
2: so now <clears> because Honda's <throat> made the deals that they've made. So
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: I just think it got to the point for Red Bull where they didn't have a choice. No manufacturer wanted to worship them. Um, yeah. Honda was the only one that would supply them an engine at the end of the day. So they had to make that relationship work. And Dietrich at the top would have been going, well, I'm just going to have to throw more money into this. I've already spent X amount Mm -hmm. over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. What's another billion dollars here investment in our own racing team and engine team now? So is that engine going to get on-road car manufacturing? Probably not. Mm. Let's get real. But they may be able to on-sell that technology to Renault, so they put it in their car and it becomes a more – Viable operation for Dietrich and Red Bull as an organisation. So, look, uh, yeah, man, good on them. I mean, bit of a masterstroke if it comes off that way for Red Bull. Not so much for Honda. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Mercedes before we talk about Red Bull drivers, though. Valtteri Bottas, we've already mentioned. Uh, there is absolutely no love lost anymore. You are but a pawn in our game now, Vb. Ooh, where yeah. As soon as I heard the Valtteri, it's James. I was like, come on, dude. Uh, Even Rosberg said he was in one of the rooms watching, shouting at the television, saying, you can't do that. You just have to let him do it. Uh, And then when he got the lap record in the fastest race, apparently he was like, oh, this is so good. Yes, push it to Lewis. Rosberg just can't help himself. Uh, But it's just depressing, isn't it? It's, I just, my, my heart goes out to Valtteri because they've clearly dropped him, like there is no now no shadow of a doubt after this race. Toto Wolff has come out and said they haven't announced anything because no contract has been signed, whether that's true or not, but we're going to (laughs) expect to hear probably Wednesday, Thursday. George got
2: told where he's driving next year. Well,
0: Wednesday or Thursday is when it will be announced. I think he's probably talking about Valtteri's contract with Alfa Romeo, not George's contract with Mercedes, Ah, because if I was – Toto, you know, I still want to be a good guy to, to Valtteri, and I think Toto's like that, um, but yep. he needs to make sure everyone's looked after properly first. He's even said that. So we might see yep. tomorrow, the day after. I mean, it's going to be announced ahead of this Grand Prix, so Thursday up, at the sure. latest,
1: probably Wednesday night.
0: Yep. Um, James, sad.
1: what I want to know is if DC was right <clears throat> and Valtteri was told a long time ago whether this was happening Ooh. or if it's a more recent thing, well, I, I think that'll be something interesting to come yeah, out Yeah, I hey. think you're right. and.
0: Certainly from if you look back at Valtteri's performances this year, we haven't seen and then sorry, performances and then how he's been outside of the car to the press. He hasn't been, as far as I'm concerned, the normal VB that we've seen. And I think the big incident that we had in Imola with George Russell also highlighted that fact more than anything else we've seen. Um, yep. So yeah, DC probably right to be honest, which will confuse him as well as everybody else because that's probably never, never the case. Uh, Campy, <laughs> we know that we wanted Valtteri to to take the championship fight this year, but it's just not happened. What what is the fairy tale ending that VB can hope for in a career in Formula One?
2: Well, I think he gets lucky and he goes away wise be like a Jensen Button, you know, <laughs> Jensen Button at the end of 08, you no know, world championship. Uh, had a career that didn't really go his way. Uh, didn't have a drive. No one was knocking on the door looking for him. Showed all the promises young as a young talent coming through, but just never took the opportunity and got into a drive that that he deserved. And then overnight, he mm. got that brawn brawn drive with Barrichello and went on to win a you know world championship in 2009. Um, yes, he dominated the first seven or eight races of that year, but the rest of the year wasn't like the first seven races yes, were. So true. everyone caught up and he did some amazing drives to win that world championship. Bottas is that quality of driver. And that is his best best chance, I think. He's just going to have to get into whatever is on offer and hope for the best. And if it doesn't work out, well, it's a real shame, mate. But he's had five or six years at that Mercedes now. And, and uh, you got to – I mean, Nico Rosberg only needed three years to get the job done. We're in, uh, we're in his fourth or fifth year now, and he still hasn't really come close. So it's a shame. It is a shame. But not. at the end of the year, I mean, what poss- if Valtteri's in the lead and the team's saying, I'll give it up for Lewis for points, what possible motivation will Valtteri have exactly. other than being a good, decent human being?
0: Exactly. It
2: yeah. could actually shit the bed in Mercedes. Re- like, realistically, it could, could leave them with egg on their face because, you know… Valtteri's capable of coming out and winning three of the next seven or eight races or whatever we got left. So, And if Lewis comes second in those, that could be the difference in the, world, difference in the world championship. And if he doesn't give up those points, Lewis could lose, and he's lost a world championship because they didn't play the team game properly. Yeah. I mean, on paper, they did everything right, but at the end of the day, you shaft the guy mid-year without giving him a chance carrot to hang on to for next year then well that's yeah. your own problem right you know, they haven't played the off-track stuff properly
0: yeah I think what really made me laugh and probably again sadder was after the race had finished and VB said that he was just playing around really <laughs> when talking yeah. about doing the fastest lap Toto mentioned to the Sky guys that um, it was just politely reminding Valtteri with the use of James on the radio as as the strategist, head strategist to say, you know, Lewis needs that extra point for the world championship. Um, Lewis said there wasn't any problems, but, I mean, we can all read through this, can't we? He he clearly, clearly was frustrated at the situation and was showing, as a side note, that he still has the pace to get fastest lap and he could have got it again if he wanted to, potentially gone faster than Lewis in that last lap uh, attempt. So... Yeah, no good, no good for me. But just to hear the radio backwards and forwards, like why are we pitting? Oh, it's precautionary. Oh, there might be vibrations. Uh, just no, like oh, no, come that on. stuff. That's what pisses me off. Yeah. And it's no good. It's it just yep. we all love you, Valtteri. It's Adopted Australian, yep. of course. Um yes. yep. and Hamilton. Look, Lewis Hamilton, annoyingly, was very, very easy to like this weekend. He really drove through past the booing saga of the last couple of races into the homeland and was just super chipper with every interview he had with, I mean, not in the car. He's classic, you know, my tyres are gone, Bono, then sets fastest lap. But out of the car, it was actually likeable. Campy, do we start liking Lewis Hamilton now or do we? Oh, it's really hard. Look, he's in
2: the lines, Dan. There's only one way he could play it and he played it perfectly.
1: No, no, there's he not. He a... could have doubled denim in the villain. <laughs> uh, he could have. <laughs> heel turn. Do that. Oh, I would have preferred it.
2: I don't care about the off-track stuff. The on-track stuff.
1: Off-track, hey? He's <laughs> off-track. What's off-track, you say? That's well, so that's a, a podcast about Extreme, <laughs> <hey>? okay, <laughs> What a segue. I no, the, to be honest, I think Lewis I was more blunt. interested in winning off-track that he was winning on track this week.
2: Oh, come on, mate. He was
1: sensational. (laughs) For a car that was
2: slow, he pushed that thing to the limits. He tried absolutely everything in that car for the whole 72 laps to try and close that gap to Max Verstappen. Mercedes probably stuffed up their strategy in Lewis Hamilton's mind, but he still drove the absolute wheels off thing. I don't think there's too many drivers in any car on, in particular, that Mercedes that could have kept within, you know, the three and a half seconds that he I was just constantly. I don't want to hear about Max. the
1: soaking. Mm. Like, oh, why did we do this? It's like, it's yeah, done. Now, of, dude. It's like, part of it, though, Tommy. I know, but I don't want to hear it. We need I, to. I, I want to hear, like, I'm, like you would not hear that from Daniel. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, but he would just be like, it is what it is. Like, he just get on with it and just do his best. Lewis is complaining lap after lap. Like, Lewis, we'll talk about it later. Like, it's happened. Right. Shut the up. Palms Poms are what known for whinging. It's in their DNA. <laughs> it's what they do. There it
2: is. We're from Australian. We're from Australian. We're from Australian. Mate, the palms <laughs> whinge about everything. Uh, we are brothers and sisters somewhere down the line, but, geez, they can talk. <laughs> we need. Geez, it pisses us off. Yeah. But we've got to look at this. We've got to look at – we have to look at this Max Verstappen v. Lewis Hamilton and just – take of what it is, this is probably the greatest fight for a championship that we're going to see for a long time yes, it and is. it'll go down history yeah. as a mega fight and we Huge. need to look at every race and just go, geez, what a spectacle. We didn't get the passing, but Mate, these are
1: these are two of the
2: quickest goals on the planet, and
1: Maximus Verstappen did not put a foot wrong uh, this weekend. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about Red Bull. Do go on, you oh. you very wonderful Dutch version of Lakeside Driver. I was
1: looking for orange things to wear, and I don't. So have you just any went full prisoner instead. Yes, <laughs> orange would have like, fitted I'll that go, too. I'll go void of color. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was incredible, wasn't he? Yeah, he looked. So cool, calm, collected. I would have expected him to be, I don't know, like lapping up the fans a bit more kind of emotional like we see other people at their home races. But, mate, he was a cool, cool cucumber and he was not, Phase whatsoever the whole weekend he was there for business and like i predicted and and you guys kind of backed up he's coming out in this second half of this season after the break and he is going to walk away with this championship mm. he's head down and he's going for that thing he does not care unlucky he didn't get to race properly last week and he got half points but this week he came out and got as many points as he bloody could like he is on fire and he's taking prisoners like Oh, I'm here for
2: it. It's good to watch. It's awesome. We just need a smile and be happy that this is what we get to see this year. This is the season we've been crying yeah, out for right. since the start of the Turbo Hybrid era. <clears throat> yeah. Yep.
0: Um well 2016 was the last in, one, right? Like Rossburg yeah. and Hamilton, but that was the same team. But they're in the same <laughs> team. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah exactly. Yeah. Team. yeah.
2: I mean, this is two of the biggest like F one organizations ever in the history, Outside of Ferrari. Yeah. And, oh, that's man, yeah, we just gotta smile and appreciate it for what it that's is. It. Would and I we rather also it be the- someone else?
1: Absolutely, I'd rather it be
2: <laughs> someone else. But, hey, it's, yeah, it's good to watch.
1: Yeah. But we've also got to love the uh, off-track stuff as well, the um, the Red Bull V Mercedes oh, not kind the of podcast. stuff going on. Not the podcast, <laughs> <know>. no. The- <laughs> James, you've put this in the rundown, mate. You've told us to say this this many You're times. You're right, I it's have. Ridiculous. Yeah, your bonuses will uh, be coming soon. Cheeky self-promotion. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> no, but, like, that's a great part of us too, because, like you said, 2016 was the same team, but we're getting all this kind of off-track stuff—a bit of frostiness between Toto and and Karen. It's really every everything to play for for both, and um, even the the number two drivers are getting dragged into it somewhat. I mean, when they mm. are even yeah. close, but it, it's it's the best season we've had in a while, right? Yep. Like this is exactly what we want. We want close. We want the championship changing week to week as to who's leading, not just someone walking away with it, which is what we've had for as long as I can remember. Yep,
0: absolutely. And I also loved as well, and Ashley in the YouTube live chat has just mentioned Danny Rick wearing a Max Verstappen cape on the bus going around for the first thing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, He's a big, big fan. Uh so we already know who he wants to win. So I guess that that. default that's who we want to win is Max. But you're absolutely right. Yes. Both these guys. Uh yeah. He deserves it, doesn't he? Um and I mean Tiesto giving a high five coming out, I'm sure that meant absolutely
1: nothing to him. It's
0: like Venus Williams and <laughs> Monica.
1: <laughs> Think about it long-term. If Max wins this year, that means Lewis is going to come back even harder mm. next year with new mm-hmm. regs. That makes next season With even George more Russell pushing as hard as he can yep. to
0: win his first world championship like. in his first year at Mercedes. It's going to be interesting. Big. Um Perez, Johnny let's talk about-
2: take the cake, though. Yeah, you're right.
0: Absolutely, you're right. Let's talk about Perez, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, I mean, Camper, you said that it was going to be difficult for him to get into the points. Uh, he finished in eighth. Yeah. Anything to save for that? <laughs>
2: Yeah, he shit the bed. He locked up that first, he, yep. his first set of hards. That really compromised him. Otherwise, he's probably realistically on for a, you know, a fourth or fifth place. Mm. You know, I don't reckon he would have got Gasly, but he definitely would have got both Ferraris. So, yeah. Uh, again, he shit the bed at the wrong time. stuff qualifying up, but good recovery drive. It's not good enough though. It's not. It's not what we want to see. What do you think about his contact not what, with Lando? Oh, racing incident! It's just—I think that was more Lando's fault than anyone else. Lando definitely cut the line off going around mm. the outside. We well, um, can see
1: Lando's head looking as well. A bit but we've been a here before. Bit this is
2: this is all uh, this is all Red Bull Ring all over again, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, racing incident for me. Not a lot you know, More Lando's fault, but uh, there is—I mean—some genuine pace in that car to pass those. You know, that's
1: what I mean. That like so. Of- Like, I get driver of the day. I do understand that. But also, if you're in a car that bloody good, like, why are you so far back? Like, what are you doing? You should be up helping your teammate in minimum fourth. That should be the worst place you qualify, and that should be the worst place you finish the race. Like, that's – I don't get – and this is what we've always had with the Red Bull driver, the second driver, is the frustration of, like, why aren't you there like VB is every single week at the – Literally like a tenth behind Lewis, the front end, which yep. is incredible. Like yep. when you really like zoom out and see how good VB is, he's maximum like a tenth off every week from what Lewis is doing in qualifying. Yep, and he's right there in the race. Yep. So it's just not good enough from the second driver in this, the arguably the best car. Like yep, same conversation
2: yeah. we've had for three years. Yep. Yep.
1: Get oh, better. Well, hopefully, uh, we can
0: see him make some improvements. But yes, there
2: is. Perez won't get three years at
0: Red Bull no. if that is the way that he continues to drive. No, you're absolutely right. I think
2: they made a call on his future for next year way too early, by the way, too. So.
0: Well, they're doing the opposite of what they've done in the past, haven't they? They've they've tried to go with certainty mm. and try and sort of mellow everything out to move stuff on. Uh, look, guys, you're right. Monza's going to be great. This championship battle is going to continue to be great with Verstappen and Lewis. Absolutely. Well, that goes. That's our team by team analysis. We've still got some stuff to get through. Thank you for sticking with us to this longer podcast. Uh, Campy, national anthem. Davina Michelle, we got two bloody goes at it. Please give me your rating out of 10.
2: Oh, very good. Seven out of 10 for me. That was like love song dedication. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I like it off. on the podium. Oh, oh, I Double. I like a live anthem.
2: Yeah, it, was Double a, it was a, a get-up too. It was. Oh, she looks stunning. Great voice. Uh, interesting anthem, though. It was lovely. It just made me shed a tear. So yeah,
0: Well, we've heard it so many 80. times, haven't we, with Max being on the top step oh, this year. Oh, not like that. But, that was but that's what I'm saying. So we've heard yeah. it so many times and you're like, oh, that's what it can sound like? This is like the Austrian death metal version. I'm here for it. More of it. And then we did. We got two versions. Tommy T, did that wake you up again at the end of the race?
1: It did, good. it did. Good. Yeah. that's. I woke up as, like, Max was hoisting it. It was great. <laughs> very, very good. Your
0: Dutch senses were going off so you could yes. wake up for it. No fly pass this weekend that I could see, so I'm giving it a question mark out of 10. Um, the only fly pass that I know of is the British guy who paid 1,600 quid to have a Lewis Hamilton sign flown yeah. up and down the beach yeah. at Zandvoort over the weekend.
1: <laughs> a big fan.
0: Maybe because that plane was in the airspace, they couldn't get anyone else in for the fly pass. <laughs> If
2: oh, that, that was
1: you, good. join the Discord because we'd like to
2: know yes. be- The Dutchies <laughs> have a bit of a warp sense of humour. Very so, good out of
1: 10.
0: Very good.
2: Hey, yes, wow. settle down. I do, Jim. I'm engaged to <laughs> one. They're a bit odd. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. realise she was Dutch. That explains a lot. You and Tommy T, now family eventually, I suppose. that That's how that works. All right, let's go to our favourite part of the weekend. Uh, Campy, if I ask you this time your favourite part of the weekend, what are you going to say?
1: Fantasy? Oh, Fantasy? Oh. Oh. <laughs> he never gets it I yep. think it knows. is time for
0: the Fantasy League names uh, if you haven't yet joined our Fantasy League there is a link in the description below and you can join to win good merch prizes you'll even potentially win some of the campy collection that Tommy T is going to design <laughs> uh, which will be very very interesting, it won't just be a picture of his face we promise, uh, it might just be a picture of his beanie uh, anyway, here are the names that I have picked and there are a lot so massive shout out to all of you I couldn't fit them all in, but here we go. Uh, Vin- <laughs> Vincent Van Go 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 Steen N Two Double Dutch Girls Go Around the Outside Alex B That's for you Campy Alex Baxter uh, good, uh, He and I were in a band together Back at school So shout out to you my friend Hamilton's were you in a band? Hamilton's incessant was, and- was it a musical theatre band <laughs> <No>. or something? <laughs> what is that? No it wasn't actually
2: It's where those singers Think they're actually singers <laughs> They're a bit like Mariah Carey or something <laughs>
0: Shouldn't have mentioned it. Hamilton's incessant and predictable moaning. Jonathan C, very good. Dutch oven. Two, James M and Josh L, both uh, with the same team. They're very well done, lads. Danny Rick, the work husband, brackets max everybody needs. Haley H. Yes, in terms of supporting, I'm not gonna win this race, but I want my best mate too, so I'm gonna wear a cape with his colours. Get off your phone at work, Michael Massey. <laughs> Aaron B. <laughs> this I think I like this that. is my favorite. Stroop waffle rolling, Michael chasing. Michael Italiano. There's gonna be uh. nothing but waffles for him. Gemma C, well done to you. This is great from Nicholas H. Hello there, Manas. Uh, And he won't understand that But of course it's a Star Wars reference That's a carryover from the GP episode A MotoGP podcast rather England in the bin Nick B, well done Here's my other favourite Campy Potter and the Beanie of Secrets Is that sort of t-shirt? Don't Colin M. My goodness! Look at him. Absolutely no idea what it means. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't have any idea to save himself. Uh, uh, it's a Harry Potter. Reference. Oh, you reckon? <laughs> Vote one, Kimmy to replace Crofty. Thomas B. At least he wouldn't say as much, and everything he did say would be fantastically relevant and nice to hear. One-eyed Sky Sports Simon M. Rolling Stroop Waffles Ben Morrison and the favourite Campy sponsored by Camel. Legends, the whole lot of you, well bloody done. Uh, very good. That's a, that's the best we've had for a long time. Uh, as I said, you two can join our fantasy. It's not really about where you come. It's about your name. Campy, though, unfortunately, is leading our trio in 33rd position. Tommy T, you're in 39th, and I am in 47th, not having. That's that's Max
2: Verstappen's number two. That's a good omen for me. Just a comfort away into
0: the sunshine. It is is no good. (laughs) No good at all for Tommy T or for me. But that is what it is, lads. Thank goodness we got a race. It was a bit boring, but at least we had a race unlike last weekend. But good news, of course, we are going to Monza very, very soon. Uh, A massive, massive shout out to you if you've been watching along on our live stream on YouTube. Thank you for leaving reviews. Thank you. We've almost got uh, 90 reviews on the Apple Podcasts app in Australia. That is so cool. We are one of the highest rated podcasts in this country and thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel. I know I keep on about it, Cheers. but genuinely it makes a huge difference. It makes all of this worthwhile in the long run. Campy, Tommy T, you're both absolute legends. Looking forward to Gems. Monza, the pre-drinks episode, of course, on Sunday morning, our time, and another Monday night episode for Post Race. Until then, lads, we will see you very soon. Thank you for your company. It's time to end.
2: Big Nick will be stoked. He's a lefty from
1: Melbourne. (laughs) He's a lefty from Melbourne. Oh,
0: he's a Carlton supporter. Does that automatically make him a lefty from Melbourne? Yes, it does.
2: We had me and him had a chat.
0: Did you?
2: A while ago about it all. Love that. Because he was offended about Harry Potter.
1: (laughs) Was he actually? Uh,
2: Oh, uh, because he's like, I loved Harry Potter, I'm a video gamer, and I'm a lefty. He's like, how do I enjoy listening to Campy talk once a week? He's like, what's wrong with me?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so we had, we had like a chat back and forth, which was. It uh, just goes to show you know. that
1: you don't have to agree on everything.
2: It was all, dude, it was all, I don't yeah. care. But that's it. it. Just- you
1: can have different political views. You can still have mates. Shit. You have to hate people because they're different. I mean I oh, still I hate you regardless. I hate That's true. I hate people who are the same as me.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network